so excited, you guys. I'm so excited. And um, I'm so grateful for my family that showed up. Surprising. So grateful for all of you guys being here. Um, just excited because I just pray that this word encourages you guys just like it has encouraged me. Um, let me pray. Let's all bow our heads. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for another beautiful day. I just pray that your word will come forward, Lord, and I just pray for our hearts to be able to receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about Paul. And it's so amazing because throughout this whole morning, um, everybody's been touching on exactly what my message is about. We were talking about the gospel. We're talking about unity. We're talking about obedience. And all of it, it just all ties together. And I'm just, I just know it's God because of that. Just That's just confirmation with each and every person, individual that came up and spoke. So I'm just, I'm just excited and grateful that that's, my, that's what I needed, confirmation. Amen? Amen. So Paul personally met Jesus Christ and his life was never the same. He had a personal connection and experience with God in the flesh, in the spirit. I mean, he saw it, Jesus, and from that point on, he started living his life a different way because if we all, oh, before I jump ahead, we have the opportunity to experience God every Sunday, actually every day through his spirit. Is our lives changing? Because that is ultimately, you know, what it needs to happen, but I'm not going to get ahead. <laughs> so Paul considered everything he had accomplished in his life a loss when compared with the greatness of knowing Christ. Knowing is having a relationship with God. Paul was a very religious man. He was a student under a celebrated rabbi. rabbi. He was a member of the strictest Jewish group. He was a Pharisee. He knew the Bible. He sincerely believed, though, that Christians were dangerous to Judaism. So he persecuted them. But that all changed when he met Jesus Christ. We're going to be in um, Philippians. So we can turn to Philippians 3. And with all that knowledge, he had confidence in the flesh. He considered that all a loss. And at times we can, with all of our experience in the church and all of our Bible study and with all of what we think we know, we would put our confidence in our flesh and that not ought to be. He tells us in Philippians 3, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is, and is a protection for you. Watch out for dogs, a watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the circumcision, the ones who serve by the Spirit of God. Boast in Christ Jesus and do not put confidence in the flesh. Although I once although I once also had confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And right there, see, he's coming to them at a place where he knows where they are at because he was there. 
you know, he understood. And so when it's talking about this circumcision, he's, you know, at this time, people were doing things and living a life that thought that qualified them to be a Christian. They had all this confidence in what they were doing, the outwardly things. So he goes into, that's what he talks about. What did I leave off? If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in flesh, I have more. And then he goes in to talk about all that he accomplished. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. He's saying all these things that, you know, meant something at that time to these people. You know, these were titles, these were levels. He was moving up and he was, he was accomplishing things. He thought he knew things, you know. A Hebrew born of Hebrews regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the laws, blameless. See, there was these laws, the Old Testament, that they, were, they kept on operating in. Do we allow our accomplishments get in the way of our relationship? Because see, that's, at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about here, is all these things that he did did not matter. And eventually, he called them a lost. And he knew that. He knew all of those things because that was important stuff. These things, a Pharisee, these things that he was getting were up there, you know, and he considered that all a loss. And that's where we have to put ourselves. We say all the time, we know nothing, you know, none of this matters, you know. To know Christ is our ultimate goal because it's only from that we can do his will. To do this, though, our lives have to change. I mean, to do this, you know, to know Christ, to have a relationship, there's no way to have a relationship with him and we not change our life, you know, because this is a great example. Paul, he, you know, at that point, he was persecuting Christians. He was out there with zeal. He strong force. He really thought what he was doing was what was he was supposed to be doing. He thought absolutely this is the right thing. I need to stop these Christians. And he had this, he had the veil. But immediately when he experienced Jesus Christ and, and God compelled him and came and, and put into his heart, no, you need to do this. You, I'm going to use you to do this. You know, that immediately, that changed his life. So he went out walking differently. He did not continually and continue in his old habits or continue living a different, that old way. He, his life literally changed. His life literally changed. And in order to do this, I mean, we can't do this within ourselves. So we stay operating and changing our lives with things that we think we should be doing. But if we study the word and we pray and let the Holy Spirit remind you of these words. See, that's what Elder had mentioned earlier in our circle. These words will, will change us. We have to pray and ask God to remind us of these words. And you won't know the words unless you study the Bible. You know, so we have to study the word. We have to pray. And we have to let the Holy Spirit remind us of Christ's words and let him change us. That is the only way to be able to be changed. And you're not going to get there if you don't have a relationship with God and he tells you that. You're not going to get there if you don't have a relationship where you can have that time with him to allow him to do that. 
And with Paul, God did not waste any part of Paul's life, his background, his training, his citizenship, his mind, or even his weaknesses. Are we willing to let God do the same for us? Because with all of this, who Paul was and where God took him, it all was used in the course of his ministry when he went out to spread the gospel. Because later on, I'm going to touch on when he was out there speaking, people knew who he was. They knew what he did. And they're like, who are you? And why are you telling us now this? Like you were out here persecuting them, you know? So like, can you imagine like going out talking to people and about the gospel and they knew your old life, you know? And we can't let that. And that didn't stop him. He still continued, pressed through, and spoke about the gospel. No matter what he did in the past, because he already knew what God had done. He knew already knows who God is, and it's nothing of himself that is, that's going to save them. It's the word. It's the gospel. It's, it's God. And man, it's just so encouraging to, to read and um, learn about Paul, because it's just like so many times we, we didn't put nobody to jail, we didn't kill nobody, but we won't go out and spread the gospel because we're worried about what they thought about us or what they knew about us, what they seen us do, who they think we are. We won't even go out and spread the gospel. And we didn't even put nobody to jail. We didn't put, we didn't kill nobody. He killed people. He was imprisoning people. And he still, he still went out. He still went out. You know, and it's just, man, like how many times are we over here stumbling on ourselves and who are we? We didn't like, this is just life that we are dealing with. Everybody can change and, and you can't let what happened in the past or who you were in the past dictate and, and take you away from the relationship with God. Because that's at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. You know, our relationship with God, that's what we want. Right. So it's just, man, God did not waste any part of Paul. He did not allow himself. Paul did not allow his past to stop him. If we can go to Acts 26. And this is where we talk about Paul changing and um, experiencing Jesus Christ. It's chapter 26. If I can get there. Okay. Verse 12. And he's giving his account because at this point, he was being persecuted. The Jews were persecuting him. So he was giving his account of what had happened. So at verse 12, he says, I was traveling to Damascus under the circumstances with authority and a commission from the chief priest. 
<clears throat> King Agrippa, while on the road at midday, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those traveling with me. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice speaking to me in the Hebrew language. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? Then I said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have, been, what you have seen and of what I will reveal to you. I will rescue you from the people and from the Gentiles. I now send you to them to open their eyes so they may turn from the darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that by faith in me, they may receive forgiveness of sins and share among those who are sanctified. And that is the gospel. And that is what we are here to do. And at that moment, he knew and he obeyed. And see, that's another thing with this relationship. It, obedience is required. Because, I mean, at this point, he could have been like, no, and turned and like ran. But he didn't. And it just takes us to receive what God has said. He had to go out and preach the gospel to people who knew of what he had done. And he didn't even say that. He didn't even stop, pause, question, like, how is this going to work? How? How are they going to receive me? He didn't slow down. He kept on going wherever God told him to go. Wherever God told him to go. But even these people that know, that knew who he was. And I just can't imagine. It's hard to imagine that because he was, he was really popular and known of what he did, you know? Like everybody knew. And, and we'll get to... Um, Acts nine, let's go to Acts 9, 10, because what had to happen was this guy, Ananias, had to go and heal him. Because at that, what I just read, he was blinded by the brightness of the sun. The, when he saw Jesus, he got blind. So in Acts 9, 10, this man had to go. But this man knew who he was and was like, wait, you want me to go heal the man that was persecuting us? So it says in Acts 9... Verse 10, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Ananias, he says, that's what the Lord said, here I am, Lord, he said, get up and go to the street called Straight. The Lord said to him, to the house of Judea, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul since he is praying there. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so he can regain his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man. How much harm has he done to your saints in Jerusalem? And he has authority here from the chief priest to arrest all who can call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles, kings, and the Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So Ananias left and entered the house. And we talked about this earlier. See, it's all about what God's plan and unifying his body 
you know, and, and that's what he chose to, who he chooses to use. And if we could just see when God tells us to go, it's for a bigger purpose. It's not just for us to be used for this moment. No, he needs you to get to that person. So for that person to go out and bring his people to the Gentiles, you know, to, to, to bring more people into the body, you know. So we can't just be stuck in knowing what we know of somebody. Oh, they used to do that. Oh, they, they are doing this or blah, blah, blah. Any of that. You know, we can't be so stuck on seeing people's faults. And that's what we were talking about in our Sunday school, you know. And it's just, it comes to the end of the, the bottom line is God is going to use who he wants to use. Are you going to submit it to his will or not? You know, are we going to be in agreement to his will or not? Are we going to be obedient to his will or not? Man, God is so good. I'm just so grateful for just always constantly just reminding me and giving us this word to just continually to endeavor, to continue to encourage and, and uplift us and know what this time is about. Because this it's time, you know, it's, it's time for us to be about his business. It's time for us to go out and, and spread the gospel, you know, and it's just so... I'm just so honored to be up here because I know for a long time I was so nervous to be up here because, like, what am I going to talk about, you know? Like, I don't have, I'm not a pastor. I don't have something to say. And um, it's just, it was always, um, it always made me nervous and just deterred me to be up here. But it was just through this study, you know, I was like, no, this is it. And this is what my pastor says all the time. This is what we ought to do is spread the gospel. And I was like, oh, so after hearing that, like, that makes sense. Like, okay, I can definitely do that. I don't have to come up with my own agenda. You know, I don't have to come up <laughs> with my own idea of what I should be talking about. And that takes the pressure off. And I was like, and that's why I was just so excited to be up here. I was like, I was just, I texted my mom yesterday. I was like, I'm excited about the word. I'm just, and that's what it has to be for all of us. You know, we ought to be so excited to go out and just spread the gospel and not care about anything else besides that, you know, that, and so that is the good news in Christ. Sin can be forgiven. Selfishness can be overcome. Guilt can be removed. Anxiety can be alleviated. And we can indeed have hope and eternal glory through faith in Christ. And that is neat. And obedience is going to be needed. Obedience is a result from a relationship with God. When you have that relationship with him and you are obedient, you're building that relationship. We have to be... Freedom doesn't come until we no longer have to prove our freedom. It doesn't come until we no longer have to prove our freedom, which is doing the outwardly things, living this, doing the work that thinks is going to get us there and it's not going to get us there. That's not freedom. And we're talking about that in our last couple Sundays, Christian liberty. And, you know, that's what we ought to just want to have is that freedom to be able to just move wherever he wants us to move. Amen? Amen. And that is my message for today. <laughs>